Shalom from Denver and from the studios of the Intermountain Jewish News on Capitol Hill. This is the IJN cast for Thursday, February 15th, the sixth date of Adar. I'm Steve Mark. Breaking today, the Israeli Defense Forces has launched an operation at Nasser Hospital in Khan Yunis in Gaza to retrieve bodies of Israeli hostages. And according to a report in the Washington Post, the U.S. and Arab allies plan to unveil a plan for a two-state solution. The coalition wants to make this plan happen before Ramadan, which starts on March 10th. Out today for our digital subscribers and tomorrow in our print edition, our banner says, Alongside the War. And a look at the question, what's the status of birthright in the wake of October 7th? Would you allow your children to visit Israel these days? We have an inside account in how the two hostages in Rafan were rescued last weekend. More on the link between the United Nations Relief and Works Agency to Palestine refugees and Hamas. And a look at the fallout at the state capitol over the House of Representatives and why the latest visit from Israeli relatives of those in captive and those murdered during the war made an appearance only in the Senate and not in the House. This past Monday, February 12th, a scene at Denver City Hall charged with emotion, vitriol, and a statement of which that other cities in the U.S., no doubt, have taken notice. The much-anticipated agenda item was a vote on a proclamation that urged for the ceasefire in Gaza and in Israel, along with a number of other measures. A large and loud contingent of pro-Palestinian sympathizers were in attendance in the city council gallery and the adjacent hallway, very reminiscent of a scene last December when pro-Palestinians showed up in numbers to protest the JNF World Conference held in Denver. During the latest meeting, the proclamation was sponsored by Council Members Sarah Parady and Chantel Lewis. It was City Councilman Paul Cashman who had quite the reasonable assessment of this debate. I've been speaking out and uh, marching for peace and social justice for almost 60 years. That, that is my truth. Uh, I believe I stand in solidarity with some Jews, uh, certainly not all. Uh, I believe I stand in solidarity with some Palestinians, certainly not all. Again, um, my life as a Jew is worth no more than the life of of a Palestinian, and it is worth no less. Uh, The loss of life in Israel and Gaza is horrific. It has gone from ought to stop to must stop. I've contacted my congressional representatives and asked them to call for an immediate and permanent ceasefire. Yeah, hold off. You're not all going to be all that happy. Again, that's just my truth. I've called on them to call for an immediate and permanent ceasefire in Israel and Gaza that would include at the least a delivery of massive international humanitarian aid and reconstruction dollars to Gaza, the return of all political prisoners, captives, hostages on all sides to their home communities, 
the establishment of a self-ruled homeland for Palestinians as there is for Israelis. The immediate removal of Hamas from any position of rule in Gaza or elsewhere. And I also suggested Benjamin Netanyahu needs to turn over the reins of leadership in Israel to make a lasting peace more possible. Unfortunately, the proclamation under consideration does not adequately consider uh, those elements for a ceasefire that will be anywhere near permanent. If I should march for peace in Gaza, I will hold my own sign that expresses my needs for what will lead to a permanent peace. A continuation of this war is in no one's best interest, not, not for Israelis and certainly not for those trapped in Gaza. The continuing loss of life is simply over the top and must stop. I urge all of you to contact your congressional representatives and express your thoughts for exactly what your needs are. Regardless of which side you are on, I will continue to call for peace for you and all your loved ones. As it turned out, the resolution failed in an 8-4 to four vote, which had to be done virtually after the council members left the chamber. That's because members of the pro-Palestinian faction kept interrupting the council members repeatedly. So, Denver does not become the latest big city to join the ranks of other large cities like Chicago and San Francisco, which passed resolutions recently calling for a ceasefire. But during Monday's proceedings, it revealed another chapter of the vivid differences between the political views of Jews and Palestinians in America, and particularly here in Denver. We talked with Intermountain Jewish News publisher Hillel Goldberg about those differences with some context. How very unprecedented in Denver is this dynamic? I never remember anything like this. I was born in Denver in uh, 1946. Don't remember anything like this. Uh, there's two issues here. One is the tremendous amount of uh, vocal opposition to Israel uh, with complete indifference to how that affects uh, Jews in a city and the safety of Jews and a sense of safety. Uh, but also, I, I never remember the community so really uh, hamstrung as to what to do. Uh, some say do nothing, some say act quietly, some say act loudly. Uh, but what all of those responses share in common is the fact that the Jewish community seems to have lost its strong connection to the leadership uh, in the community. There are obviously some connections, there's some strong connections, but overall, it's not the same. It's not the same as uh, it was when uh, Roy Romer was governor or when uh, Federico Pena was mayor, Wellington Webb was mayor. It's not the same relationship between the Jewish community and the leadership of the community generally. Uh, we were much tighter than, than we are now. So there's many levels of disturbance. Now, I heard about the prevalence of the Ku Klux Klan in the 1920s in Denver. That was way before my time. Uh, but that uh, was defeated. There was the famous Phil Hornbein, a local attorney who stood up to them. 
And I think uh, that was uh, a model that we need to follow. We need to have that kind of uh, uh, fortitude. Um, I'm not quite sensing it. Uh, so I think we need to get all the voices in the room, in one room, in the Jewish community and figure out what to do. We need to build more bridges, uh, more bridges with uh, the, uh, the people who are in office. So we've had this litmus test, just, just one example here in Denver where the city council uh, did not vote for a proclamation that would call for a ceasefire. Uh, obviously, many, many other cities around the country have been weighing in on this international matter. Do you feel that municipalities like, like here in Denver or anywhere really uh, should be getting involved with this? What disturbs me about municipalities getting involved uh, with proclamations on the uh, war between Hamas uh, and Israel, which we must remind ourselves and everyone else all the time, was started by Hamas. People want a ceasefire? There was a ceasefire on October 6, 2023. It was unilaterally broken by Hamas. The onus is on Hamas. So... What's disturbing to me, though, is not that people are getting involved with this or that municipalities are getting involved with this, but that they're getting involved selectively. There is a war in Ukraine. There, is, there, there are wars elsewhere in the world. There is uh, wars in Yemen and uh, other places. There's violence in other places. The focus on the... Uh, Israel-Hamas war is really a reflection of the growth of anti-Semitism. If it were war and suffering that people were concerned about, they would be concerned equally about wars in, U in Ukraine, U Yemen, uh, Gaza, and everywhere. That's not happening. That's what's disturbing to me. Not that people speak up. People should speak up when there's war. Uh, people should be concerned about what happens uh, when human beings are subjected to violence and when it happens outside of the borders of this country. But they should be concerned universally, not selectively. That's Intermountain Jewish News publisher Hillel Goldberg. Also in this edition of the IJN, a posthumous profile of the woman who was, until last week, the world's oldest Jew. Pearl Berg died in Los Angeles at the age of 114. On the calendar, on Sunday the 18th, it's a musical evening at Chabad Northwest Metro Denver. On Wednesday the 21st, the Jewish Experience hosts its Living Mindfully series. And next Thursday the 22nd, it's Israel and Zionism in Trying Times at Temple Emanuel. On this day in 1764, the city of St. Louis was founded. It wasn't until 1807 that Jews first arrived there. On February 15, 1932, the Lake Placid Olympics ended. It was during those Olympics that Irving Jaffe won two gold medals in speed skating. A happy birthday to Melissa Manchester. She is 73 today. Jane Seymour also is 73, and Alex Borstein of Miss Maisel fame is 53. Saturday the 17th, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is 43. 
Next Tuesday, the 20th, Miles Teller is 37. And next Wednesday, the 21st, recording and entertainment mogul David Geffen turns 81. If you have any questions or comments about the IJN cast, email us at IJNCast at IJN.com. This email is also good if you have a question for a rabbi to answer. We'll forward that question to a rabbi in the Denver area and report right back to you through this podcast. Once again, it's IJNCast at IJN.com. And of course, for all of our content, log on to IJN.com. That's this edition of the IJN Cast, presented by the staff of the Intermountain Jewish News. We thank you for joining in. I'm Steve Mark. May your friends and family at home and abroad be safe. Shalom. Thank you.